I'm always, always stoked to be with you guys. I want to read uh, three scriptures, and then I'm going to try to do something I've not done here before. So if you're, if you're new here, I normally don't do this. It's can, this can really go bad, or it can go good. I don't know what's going to happen. Um, Mandy, you got those scriptures up. The first one, I just, we can throw it up three, two. There we go. Say this to me. A joyful heart is good medicine, but a broken spirit dries up the... Can we try that again? Y'all like awake? It's like literally right there. So one more time. Ready? A joyful heart is good medicine, but a broken spirit dries up the bones. Let's go to the next one. This is another translation, okay? This is King James for you King Jamers, okay? A merry heart doeth good like medicine, but a broken spirit drieth the bones. Third one. Another translation. A cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. Now, I don't know if you all know I play a little bit of guitar but I was at years ago I was at a 21 project and if you guys don't know what that is this is like circuit riders just started like their 21 project and they erupted in like a song and I remember it was the most ridiculous like song to sing and because it was so ridiculous it brought so much wild joy and so I don't know if you all remember this song can you stand with me we get this mic on? This is going to be really awkward for me, too. I don't even know if I'm going to be. Turn me up loud and put reverb. Reverb makes everyone sound good, okay? Turn up the guitar just a little bit. I know this, is, this is, feels really awkward for me, too. The song is simply this. It's a Rick Pino that goes, A cheerful heart is a good medicine, a good medicine. Good medicine, a cheerful heart is good medicine. Proverbs 17, 22. Okay, I feel really stupid doing this, but we're, hold on, we're going to do this again. I, we're talking about gratitude today, so if you're grumpy singing this, you got some issues today, okay? Look at your neighbor. I don't want you to look at me anymore. It's too awkward. Look at your neighbor. You're going to sing to your neighbor, okay? It says, a cheerful heart is good medicine, good medicine, good medicine, a cheerful heart is good medicine. Proverbs 17, 22. Look at your neighbor. I'm not asking. I'm telling you. Look at your neighbor really quick. Look at him. I know this is awkward. I know. You ready? Ready? A cheerful heart is Come on. good medicine. Good. Cheer. Proverbs 17. Okay. You're, you guys don't believe it. It's, it's just lyrics to you still can you look at someone else find someone else that maybe you don't know and you're more comfortable look at them really quick now with everything you got one more time we're just going to sing this song one more time there is no shame everybody looks like a fool right now okay you guys ready can you just just one more time with everything in your guts how many shower singers in here make some noise shower singers this is your moment okay you ready Ready? One, two, three. Cheerful. Robinson. One more time. Come on. Cheerful heart is good medicine. Good medicine. Good medicine. Cheerful heart is. Just one more time. Just for the heck of it. Come on. Cheerful heart is good medicine. Cheerful heart. 
That was ridiculous. How many of you felt ridiculous? Anybody? The rest of you, that was normal to you? You got issues. <laughs> How many of you felt ridiculous? Anybody feel a little ridiculous doing that? I felt ridiculous doing that. One of my favorite worship leaders is a guy named Rick Pino. And I love Rick Pino because he, number one, he looks like Jack Black. He saved Jack Black. Pino, if you're watching, I love you. But he sings these songs that no one else will sing. And I feel like, like, a lot of times we want results, but we don't want to pay the price of what it takes to get the results. You know what I mean? Like, like when, I, when I meet joyful like people, people that are, are like super grateful in their hearts, there's a, common, there's a common thread of grateful people. And the common thread I've seen is they just don't care what other people think. Really. Like, like, like even in this moment, like when I was writing this yesterday, I'm, I, that song came to me and I'm like, man, like, how many of us would absolutely feel comfortable just singing that to her? No. Jake, you guys know a guy named Jake Mason. He's one of my good friends from Circuit Rise. I'm not going to do this one, but he has another song. It says, Oh, You Look Like Jesus. And he literally has people turn to each other and you sing, Oh, You Look Like Jesus. You just feel like a dummy. But, you're like, but after like two, three minutes, you're like, You look like Jesus. It's like this... Like you just, it, you stop becoming so self-conscious. Like, I don't know about you, but what we're going for on these Mondays is not a room of believers that are conscious of who's looking at them or like, I, we're not trying to create a culture here. Who dressed the best and who showed up, the, you know, hopefully you're on time, but who dressed the best or I, we're not creating that culture here. Like, man, I, when I was sitting there, I just started thanking God for what he saved me from. And I remember how, how foolish Man, I was like, when I got saved, I was so grateful. I was an idiot. Like, there was just every part of me was so grateful for what Jesus took me out of. I mean, I, the, the, the janitor at my, at my church I used to go to used to open up the sanctuary, and I'd go in there in, like, the dark and just play the keyboard, and I would worship. And I know I looked really weird, but I just didn't care. And I felt like this morning, I want to share on the power of, of, of a grateful heart. Because I, I, I feel like, I just got wrecked this week, and I'm going to share with you. I want to live in a place of, of being grateful. I don't know if any of you guys want to live in that place. And I must live in a place of being grateful. There is too much at stake for me to not live grateful, and there's too much at stake for you to not live grateful. Have you ever met a believer who has good news? Hopefully, that's why he's a believer. Have you ever met a believer that has good news but a bad face? You ever met a good a believer that has good news but a bad attitude? Does it somewhere in the line, does that not match up? Like, if we reach a point where the gospel starts transforming us every day, I would venture to say, man, we've really forgotten the good news. You know, there's not ever a point where I, I graduate from where I need God less than you. There's never a point where we, and the moment you hit that place, man, you're, you're, you're in trouble. Living grateful doesn't mean that you're blind or in denial to the real pain or things that you go through. But you must remember that gratitude has, has zero to do with what's around you or who's around you. I want you to, I got this picture, right? When we think of gratitude, I've heard a lot of people use the excuse that I can't be grateful because of what I don't have, or I can't be grateful because you don't know what that person did to me. Here's the thing about gratitude, if I can just get all of your eyes here. Can you listen to me with your eyes for a moment, okay? Gratitude has nothing to do with what comes this way. It has everything to do with what comes this way. Did any of you understand that? 
gratitude has zero to do with what comes this way. Everything to do with what comes this way, right? This is crazy. This is, the Bible says in Matthew 15, 15, 11, and it's not what enters the mouth that defiles a man, but what comes. That means that nothing can defile you if what comes out of you is godly. No matter what's thrown at you, no matter what situation, no matter what offense comes, right? Like we're living in that kind of culture today where everything is wanting to rob us of gratitude. Now this is crazy. Grateful people are powerful people. Yeah. Grateful people are people that actually last. Grateful people are people that don't get knocked out of the race by one offense. Yeah. You know, I was just listening to my pastor talk about all the things he's gone through. I remember a couple weeks, a couple, about a couple months ago, I, was, I went up to my pastor Nets and I was like, man, like, I said, things are really hard right now. I just feel like I'm trying to be like the best for everyone. I'm trying to be strong for everyone. And, and he looks at me and he smiles and he's like, do you know that the first seven to 10 years of ministry is not about you building people. It's about all those people building you. I was like, don't tell me that. Like, he's, this man has been in ministry for so many years. What amazes me is not the work he's done, not the buildings he's purchased, not the congregation that he has. What amazes me is after 20, 30 years of ministry, he's still grateful. Yeah. Talking to three people, come on. Grateful people lean in, they don't lean back. Some of you need to sit up. Grateful people keep loving when they ain't loved. Grateful people look at what they can bring and not what they can take. And grateful people remain when everyone else goes. I got this phrase that came to me this last, <clears throat> this last weekend. Is that grateful, a grateful person plants seeds when an ungrateful person plants weeds. There's a difference. Both plant. Both people plant. Have you ever met someone that is, that is overly grateful? You're like, I just don't understand how, why you're you so grateful. And their gratefulness annoys you. Anybody? Has that ever happened to you? Right? Like, we could be super short on money, and my wife's like, but it's okay. Like, we still have this. I'm like, I don't want to hear that. Like, you have, you have opportunities every single day to either plant seeds or you can plant weeds. And we hit a few weeks back, if you were here, we hit a few weeks back on thankfulness. And when I was writing this, I'm like, man, I feel like I've kind of hit on this before. But when I was going through my notes, I realized that we hit a few weeks back on being thankful. But being thankful and being grateful are actually different things. I shared this earlier in worship. Being thankful is, is it, you can look it up, it's actually, a, it's a feeling of satisfaction, right? I said this in worship. How many of you have ever, ever been thankful for somebody? How many of you have ever had someone say they were thankful for you, but their actions did not show it? They're like, I, I just love you. You're like, stop treating me like a jerk. You know, like thankfulness has everything to do with you as a person being satisfied with something or someone. But gratefulness is different. Gratefulness is where your thankfulness can no longer be contained inwardly and it has to be poured out. So we're all of a sudden like, 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 like I'm thankful for, you know, for, for, for Marcella. Like I, she likes to be, you know, thanked in a lot of ways and nails done and all this other stuff. But I can tell her, I so appreciate you, honey. I appreciate how you take care of the kids. I appreciate how you do this. But unless it goes beyond my words, it remains just thankfulness. It doesn't actually enter into gratefulness. Right? A grateful heart is what keeps us healthy. And as believers, we must learn to live from gratitude. The enemy wants nothing more than to rob this from our lives. And I've met so many people who carry the same function and position in ministry, but somewhere along the line, their gratitude is gone. 
I meet them all the time. I travel all over the place. I meet so many people from different nations, different states, different ministries, different churches. And again, I find a common thread that people that burn out have this in common, right? There's a term that we've used, burnout. You ever heard that term before in the church culture? Burnout? You ever heard it? There's a lot of different theologies on burnout. You talk to Todd White, he says, how can you be burned out when you're before the flame? You know, I've, the best response I've ever heard of burnout was from Mike Bickle. I was in a little small panel discussion and someone asked him, you know, how do you get burned out? And he responded this. He said, the only way you can get burned out is when your hands are involved in something your heart is not. But here's what happens. They were never meant to disconnect. The disconnection was the gratitude was, was gone. Where all of a sudden the ministry you were once a part of that you were once so thankful for, you've now find areas of complaint. Right? And here's the crazy thing is if you do it in a ministry, you'll do it in your family. You'll do it in your marriage. You know, it's crazy. I remember when I was dating Marcella, there was so little I could find back then to complain about. <laughs> Let me just go there for a moment. I remember we were dating. Literally. Like, I need to go to my notes because I actually wrote down some things about you. Before I got married, there was so little that I had to complain Gus, Shirley, Peter, and Isabel would probably be the ones who would test for this. They've seen my devoted love. <laughs> Gus, I, I wrote my first song for Marcella in Gus's house, and he has it recorded on his laptop. With I, I showed up in L.A. To go, to go preach to an event that I didn't even know I was invited to. And Gus takes me in. He has this little turtle that Shirley had given him. I think they were still dating. They weren't even married yet. And, and I, he, I picked up his guitar, and I started writing. I mean, there was little I could find to complain about Marcella back then. I mean, you guys know me. I'm not really like a prayer set kind of dude. Like, I just, like, I, I pray, like, in my life, but I'm just not a dude that, like, unless it's, like, with, unless it was back then when I was dating, there was a 5 a.m. set that I used to go to every day. And I used to get up at 4 in the morning, get dressed. I would drive all the way, pick up Marcella. I had no gas, but it didn't matter. Drive all the way back to the prayer set, 5 a.m. Was I there for the Lord? No. Not in any capacity. I was there for her. I was like, I'm going to win your heart. I'm going to sing Song of Solomon right now. I'm just playing. 5 a.m. If you don't even know what that is, you don't read your Bible. So make sure you read that in your singles group. I'm just kidding. 5 a.m. prayer sets. Never complained. Never. I was broke. Now, you, you talk about broke. I was so broke when I dated her. So broke. I had 150 bucks a month that Pastor Nets gave me because he felt bad for me. You, you can't buy clean air in L.A. for 150 bucks. I was broke. But you better believe every day she had a bagel and a coffee. There was gratitude. It didn't matter if I didn't. I was eating. My, my grandma would send food bank food. Now, it's one thing to get food bank food. It's another thing when that food bank food is sent in the mail. Then you receive it. Okay, And it wasn't no Trader Joe's high-end food. This was like food for less's bottom of the pit, like whatever they had left, okay? For like two years ago. Every day there was a bagel. Now I'm a clean freak, if you don't know that. Very clean. I like my car mats clean. I like my house clean. I like everything cleaned. Back then, Marcella was not that clean. But even her mess looked clean to me. She could fart and it would have smelled good. 
Ladies, if your man ain't in love with you like that, just get out of the relationship, man. Like, there was little she could do that could offend me because my heart of gratitude so overflowed. But it's funny that when you get married, it's real. If you're all those of you who are single, like, you think that boba on the weekends and some coffee throughout the week, you ready for marriage, you tripping. Barely paying your rent. <laughs> Trying to bring another woman into your mess. Okay, you get married. All of a sudden, I remember the first fight we had on our, on our honeymoon. <laughs> I'm giving some of you hope. Okay? We're on the honeymoon, and my goal was to make it as long as I could without a fight. That was literally my whole goal. So she would do things, and I was like, it's okay, I love you. Like, remember the first fight? I was devastated after we fought. I'm like, I just need a moment. I said, I don't know if this is going to work. You know, I'm just kidding. Like, and over the, over the five years we've been married, I've caught myself so many times grumbling, complaining. But the exact same woman that I once praised, not worshiped, but praised and, and, and adored. But how many of us, we've done that with God? How many of us, when you got saved, there was so much gratitude in your heart, nothing could rock you. There was so much gratitude, no one at the church could offend you. Now you're offended because someone didn't say hi to you. <laughs> really? Like, I used to go to, like, when I got saved, man, like, I, I hated my house because it, it wasn't a, a, believer, a believing home. Like, I was just out of it all the time. I mean, I was, I was literally, I remember I was, I was taking out the trash one time. We went, I went to a big church in, in North Carolina. I was taking out the trash one time because I used to help the janitors out. I used to like roll the big, the big, you know, circle table. I was joyful rolling those tables. I was like, man, like, I, I remember I, I used to pick up the trash in all the rooms. And I remember one time someone even took like, like a dump in the room in the trash can. And they were like, someone, someone like, we were like, who did that? I'm like, we don't know. And I'm like, they're like, someone needs to clean up. I'll go, I'll go. You know, like, there was so much gratitude. I, with joy, picked up this doo-doo and just like, carried it out like and I had a bag but I carried it out like and I remember I know this is going to sound insane but I just remember there was even one time taking out the trash in the church and I just started crying because I was so thankful I was so grateful that I got to take out the trash in this church how many of you you're kind of like that sounds like how I used to be and that's what I want to talk about this morning of how you used to be before the offense creeped in before the church hurts came in, before the betrayal and the backstabbing, the gossip, when your heart was so purely in the place of gratitude that nothing could rob that, where your pastor would say, can you come in at six? You're like, I'm there at five. And all of a sudden, over years and over different situations, the enemy jades us in these areas. And the true thing that he's after is the gratitude of your heart. The true thing that he's after, he understands that if he can rob you of the cheerful, cheerful heart is good. If he can rob you of the medicine, you become sick. He can rob you of the remedy, you remain sick. You, you understanding this? I had, a lot of, I had a lot of disappointments growing up. I came from a divorced family, came from an abusive home, and I was in anger management. I don't know why. I didn't think I was that angry. There were some other dudes that were really jacked up in there. Like, you did what to that cat? Like, I, I was not there, okay? I was just like, didn't like my parents because they took away my PlayStation 2. But I didn't have that much issues. Anyways, 
I grew up depressed, all these different things. So when I got saved, to be honest with you, when I was 16 years old, I got saved. I had no title. I had no ministry. I had no position. But I was probably the most fool that I had ever been in my entire 16 years of life. Though I carried absolutely zero of what I carry now. There was no building. There was no team. There was no Monday mornings. It didn't even exist. It wasn't even on my, on my radar. There was no, I didn't know Marcella. I didn't have kids. There was, I was 16 years old. I had just gotten saved, but my heart was so full of gratitude because I understood what God had given me in replace from what I had. Like I knew, like man, like what I have now, a billion times beats where I used to be. And I realized that back then, I didn't pray to get something. I didn't fast to get something. I didn't serve to be seen. I didn't preach to get a name. Like, like back then, the purity of my heart and everything I did was solely because I just loved God. Like people were so offended at why I was so active in serving. Like, why? You don't got to be at everything. I'm like, I do. Like, what else do I have to do? Like, I don't have any other plan Bs. Like, I'm not like, this isn't a side hobby for me. Like, serving God isn't a side hobby for me. Like, this is it. You know, I was talking to Oscar yesterday. If you guys don't know much about Oscar, he's drum guy on the drums. I mean, he's pretty, pretty legit. So love this guy. I've gotten to know him. And at first, he seemed really serious, but he's, he's actually not. He's pretty, pretty chill. But he came from Venezuela, and, and I remember there was this one time we were talking at Victor's house, and he was sharing, you know, you guys know a little bit what's going on in the country right now. It's in chaos, and it's crazy, the, the oppression that's happening to those people. And I remember that story you told me of those two kids at our church who were arguing over the new BMW that they wanted. I think they, one of them had a 20 what? What year did the BMW did that kid have? And he wanted a what? So his argument, and he was angry because he had a 2013 Beamer. And he wanted a 2019 Beamer. And he's sitting there, Kenny, his mind coming from a, from, a, from a country like he has and the, the leadership and the government that he has can't even fathom the complaint. How many of you know we really got first world problems? I remember one time I went out to go eat out with Caleb and you remember this? And I was already, I had just eaten and we went somewhere and I walked into a place and it was, looked really good and I'm like, man, I wish I was hungry. And he goes, bro, first world problems. Like, that's terrible, I know. When I'm sitting here talking with him, and I'm, I'm thinking, man, like, his heart of gratitude comes from a place of knowing where he's come from, what God has given him in this country. What we deem as, so, as nothing and just normal norms for us here in America is, is not that across the world. There's a heart of gratitude. We are talking yesterday, he was just sharing about, like, he's like, man, like, like, I came here to do an assignment. He's like, Pastor Nets is, is not, he's not the one who wakes me up in the, kind of paraphrase, he wakes me up in the morning and gets me, he goes, the call of God does that for me. Like, I know what, I, I know what I'm called to. There's this gratitude that, he's, that he has and it overflows. And over the years, our gratitude begins to get jaded. The heart that used to be first all of a sudden wants to come in last. The assignment, I've been doing this, I've been doing this for 10 years. I just want to get really open with you guys for a moment. This last two, three, four months has probably been the roughest for me. Not in the area of my salvation. Not in the area of my love for my family. Not in the area of my love for people, but for the call of God on my life. I felt, I almost felt like when, when I was in the trenches with nothing, it was so easy. There was nothing for me to lose. Like, what am I going to lose? My 1990 Acura with no AC? Take it. 
He's a piece of crap anyways. It was a terrible car. It didn't even run, but the first thing I had him fix was my radio. I was like, does the radio work? My uncle's like, you are so Mexican. I mean, that's what he told me. It, it, was, it was a piece of junk. That was all I had to my name, a 1990 Acura. And then I would always take my mom's boyfriend's clothes back then. I didn't even have clothes of my own. And he was a little bit shorter than me, so all the shirts were up to here. So I had to wear sweaters because they were like tube tops, you know, like it was just terrible. I had nothing. It was easy. It was easy to pursue God. It was easy to go to high schools. When I had no money, I really had to depend on God. But it seems like in these last months that the call of God in my life has been more, more under attack than ever before. Not from anyone, but from within myself. Where I've felt, the, I've had these thoughts of God, like, is it really worth it? People now are doing, I mean, I'm just being honest with you here, like, it's probably not what the chapters want to hear and people who are going into schools. But I just got to tell you, I've been in this thing for 10 years, a decade. And I don't know if you've ever, there's, there's, there's a book, I think it's called Good to Great. And it, and it, and it, and it talks about how when, when, it, when a company hits 10 years, it either plateaus or it excels, every company. And this is kind of what's going on. When you hit a decade in the same thing, there's these certain, I believe it's spiritual, I believe it's physical. There's certain things you're having to overcome. But more than anything, I feel like the enemy has been after the gratitude of my heart for what God has done in 10 years. When you could look and say, man, there's so much to be grateful for. My heart instantly wants to fall to the place of complaint. I don't know if you've ever been there. Has anyone ever been there? Anybody? Like the songs that used to move you. You played them a thousand times. And now you're burned out of oceans. You're burned out of our father. Right? You're like, if I hear Corey Asbury one more time. <laughs> but what happened when you used to weep to that song? What happened to Good Good Father that used to move you? Like, why does that happen in our... Did you ever ask yourself, why as Christians does that happen to us? The scriptures that once moved us don't move us. The worship songs that once made us cry don't make us cry anymore. It's almost like our hearts get dull and numb. I believe the root of that is the gratitude. And I want my heart to overflow with gratitude. If gratitude is the medicine, if joy and cheer, according to the scripture, in my heart is medicine, then being ungrateful is cancer. And it spreads all through the body. Not just the body, through the body. You ever met someone who's ungrateful and their ungrateful spews of someone else? Now you got two ungrateful people. And all of a sudden you're like, yeah, you're right. Why don't they have carpets in that building? <laughs> hey, you know what? That coffee does suck. Why do, why do they get a couch and I get a steel chair? And the ones in the back get plastic ones. Has that ever happened to you? Yeah, you're right. Worship is too loud. That girl is jumping too crazy. Come on, that kid care upstairs? It's crazy. I don't know, I haven't been up there. <laughs> Gotta ask my daughter. Pretty sure it's dope. Shelby leads it. So. Really, that happens to us, right? And I want to challenge you that no matter what experience you've had in a ministry, whether it was good or bad, God doesn't waste anything. You know, I've met people who've transitioned out of pretty gnarly ministries. And you know what I've always told them? Leave with honor. Leave with gratitude. Because regardless of what was done to you, 
that place formed who you are today. I am grateful 10, 12 years later for the pastors that I had. They had one heck of a job with me. I was not the easiest, dude. I was ungrateful so many times. I was rebellious. I didn't grow up really with a dad who was on me all the time. I pretty much my grandma helped raise me. So all of a sudden now I got a pastor who's a male authority trying to tell me what to do. I'm 16, 17, 18 years old. And you go, who, who do you think you are telling me what to do? You're not my dad. You ever use that one? <laughs> yeah, don't use it. So many, like so many moments, my heart has been, has been hit. But here's what's crazy. Is ungratefulness will cost you so much more than you want to pay. And as believers, if your heart is sick this morning, I got medicine for you. It's called cheer, joy, and gratefulness. I feel like some of you are going to get the joy restored to the way you used to serve. I've had this conversation with my wife, and I told her, you know, when I was at my first church that I was a part of in Northern California, nothing could faze me. I was steel, man. There was this one guy who came up to me, and he was like, hey, you're really passionate now. Just give it a few years. It'll die down. And I'm just like, never, man. Like, I just, I just like, I carried a guitar with me. At every like birthday party at the church, I had my Bible. I was reading. I was just this crazy, annoying Jesus freak. Like I just loved God. And then all of a sudden, little things happen. And I was telling her when I got finally when I got to Houses of Light in 2011, 2012, I just had really nothing more to give. I I had allowed all these different offenses in my heart. That was my own fault. These offenses in my heart to kind of creep in and. I get to the church and I'm just real skeptical. You know, being ungrateful and having offense makes you skeptical of everyone, right? How many of you are like me where you play a thousand scenarios of everyone's motives? Anybody? And you're typically wrong 100% of the time. Like someone gives you a coffee, you're like, why? What do you want? You're like, bro, it's an extra coffee, man. All right, right? You ever done that? How many of the worst, like someone sends you a text and you start reading and it's like, all it says is like, hi, you're like, you're reading into like, well, what do you really, is it high or high or is it high? Like, well, you're, you start building these random scenarios, right? Ungratefulness positions you to the place of being a skeptic with everyone. You know what I encourage you to do is you, I encourage my guys who've been running with me for years. You don't have to protect yourself. God does that. Like so many people are like, I, I just got to have good boundary. I don't want to serve too much. I don't want to give you too much. I'd rather err on the side of giving more than not giving enough. Really. Some of you, I know you're not clapping because you're not there yet, but it's, it's real. It happens to us. As a believer, if our heart is sick, then there's medicine. And it's not more ministry. It's not a greater position that you need. It's not more money. It's a cheerful heart. And let me define really quick for you what I think is of being sick. Being sick to me as a believer is you are no longer living from a place of gratitude. You're living from a place of your attitude. You're living from a place that your emotions dictate your day. That your emotions dictate how you're going to feel that day. And again, thank you. Thanks. We'll talk later. I'm just like, Here's what's crazy. Gratefulness. I could, let, me, let me just show you this, right? Living from gratitude and living from your attitude, the difference. Gratefulness has zero to do with your emotions. 
I can show you. Have you ever met someone who is sick physically, but they're happier than you? You ever? You ever meet Christy Brent, Brian Brent's wife? Lyme's disease for 30 years. She's more happier than 90% of you. Carla, she's been sick for how many years? Long time. You go to her house, she's not there with the flower on her bed, <laughs> waiting to die. She's there with a spoonful of beans ready to feed you. Some of you people who are like in your 20s, I'm like, let's worship. Carla, I don't know how old she is, but sick. She's like. Why is it that sick people can be more grateful than those who are whole? You know, when you look at Christy Brent, she was just healed 30 years of Lyme's disease at the send. There'd be moments that she'd be in bed for days, couldn't get up. She said this, this video that I seen, she, she said that, she said, for some people, a miracle is a, is a moment. She said, for me, because I've been sick for 30 years, I wake up every day to a miracle. She's literally have adjusted her life to her sickness. And now, now walking and getting up is new to her. Every day she lives from a place of gratitude. How about this? I can also prove it to you that gra gratitude has zero to do with what you have. You ever met a homeless person who is way happier than you in your nice car? You ever met a homeless guy? There's this homeless guy. I just love him. He's always on Hill Street. Whenever I have money, I give him money. And I always try to park my car. We talk to him. One time we rolled up on him. He didn't know it was us. He's like, ah. And he's like, hey. His name is Orlando. He has no leg. He's missing fingers. His family left him. I sit there and just smiling with like four teeth. So joyful. And I'm sitting there in my car with everything that I could possibly want. But complaint seems to be in my heart more than Orlando's at times. Guy lives under a bridge. How is it that sick and homeless people can be more grateful than those who have everything? Because gratitude has nothing to do with what comes this way. With what comes this way. Gratitude is the choice that you make to outwardly express thankfulness. Now I got to go to San Diego yesterday, and I'm going to be finishing right now. I got to go to San Diego this last uh, this last Sunday, and and I was it was my father-in-law's church, and it's incredible. It's growing, and it was it was it was I was very I was shocked at just how many people were there. It was amazing, and. And one of the keyboard players that I met a couple years ago, and I met him when he had just kind of just got off drugs, and and uh, and, I, and he, you know, he was there playing the keyboard. Now he's on the worship team, and so I go up to him. And I'm like, "Hey, man!" He's like, "Brian," and the first thing he says, he comes up to me smiling. He goes, "It's been two years." First thing, he goes, "He he goes, it's been two years, two years, Brian," and I'm like, two years for what?" He goes, "It's been two years that I've been clean." And, hold on, hold on. He, he's telling me this. And I'm like, yeah, he goes, it's been two years. He goes, Brian, my, I got my family back. Amen. He goes, they're here with me. They're in church. He goes, I'm playing the piano. And I'm sitting there and I start tearing up. Not because I'm happy for this guy. But because I realize how ungrateful I am. 
This guy was addicted to meth for 20 years. 20 years. And I looked up the side effects of meth yesterday. Meth causes permanent damage to blood vessels of the heart and brain, high blood pressure, leading to heart attacks, strokes, and death. Meth is liver, kidney, and lung damage. It's destruction of the tissues in your nose if you sniff it. It causes respiratory problems if you smoke it. Infectious diseases if you inject it. You become malnutrition, you lose weight. You have severe tooth decay. Apathy, confused, you're exhausted. Physical and psychological dependence on this drug. You're depressed and it causes damages to your brain similar to Alzheimer's or three strokes. So when this man is smiling at me, saying, I've been clean for two years, do you understand what he's really saying? You can sit there as someone who's never smoked meth or you've never done meth, and to you, his story doesn't really move you at all, but you have to understand what it is to him. To him, there's no longer brain damage. To him, there's no longer depression. There's no longer addiction. There's no longer these, I mean, like, like, like for him, for him, the gratitude is really real. But you know what's even crazier than that is most of our lives, you take Jesus out of the equation, we have similar symptoms to these. Yet we have to almost cheerlead people into worship at moments. Is that crazy? How many of you go to a local church and you understand that? You got to get up on Sunday. You're like, come on, worship. I mean, you might as well throw pom-poms in your hands. You've made the cheerleading team. Any worship leader knows you're really a cheerleader. Right? How many of you ever become angry? Because you're like, I just want you to worship. Like, you're alive. You should be dead. <laughs> like, worship. Gratitude, man. I'm sitting there crying. I'm just like, man, I suck. This guy's way more grateful than me. And he's not grateful because he has a position. He's not grateful because he's his big shot. He's not grateful because he's traveling the world. This guy's grateful because his family's there. He's grateful because Jesus set him free from, from 20 years of addiction. 20 years. 20 years. Remember, thankfulness that truly turns into gratitude can't remain on the inside of you anymore. He wasn't bound sitting on a keyboard anymore. He was free. He was free. And gratitude can't be hidden. It can't be silenced. It can't be hindered. It can't be taken. I want to almost give you your authority back in this area. I love what Todd White says. He says, you can't take my joy because you didn't give it to me. Could you stop using people as your excuse of why you're grumpy? Can someone amen that? Like, could you stop using your roommate's as your excuse as to why you're having a bad day? Caleb. <laughs> Tim's his roommate. <laughs> Could you stop using the church you're a part of as your excuse as to why you're in a grumpy mood? Yes, amen. You know, the very things you complain about are probably the very things you're called to be answers to. Man, I just don't feel like there's enough prayer. Well, get in there and pray. I just feel like this church is dirty. Pick up a freaking broom. Before you clean souls, clean the floors. 
You know what I mean? Like, it, it, it can't remain here anymore. Gratitude, it can't. And I want to give you that power back again this morning in a way. Like, you would realize, man, nothing can rob my... The guy who cuts you off on the road, he can only rob your gratitude if you let him. And what good does it do for you to... Hit the brake, right? We've all done it. Maybe you haven't, I have. Right? I'll show you. You're like, crap, I got that fish on the back of my car. Christian fish. <laughs> Come to my church. You know, like... Alex Garcia, one of our friends, he's a tattoo artist, was telling the story of his friend. He's bla- he has like blasted up, like he, he pretty much took the scriptures and like tattooed them on his body, like stories of the Bible. This guy cuts him off. He's like, pull the guy, like cuts him off. His friend is a Christian. So his Christian friend yells, like, pull over. So he gets out to fight the guy. And the guy looks at his tattoo. He's like, you're fighting me and you're a Christian? He just gets back in the car and he leaves. Can you imagine? He'd be like, yeah, what's up? You know? <laughs> Kingdom of God suffers violence. Violent take it by force. Total misinterpretation. You know what I mean? Like, we have too much to lose. This guy's speaking. I'm convicted. And I realized this morning when I was coming here that I feel like I'm not the only one that ever lives in that place. A grateful heart is more powerful than you think. And the longevities of your walk with God here in this room is not... Let me, let me rephrase this. At the end of our lives, because every one of you are you're, you're, you're believers here from, from, from what I know. At the end of your life, the success is not going to be that you just remained in the same ministry. You just remained in the same calling. The success is not going to be that you preached thousands of people. The success is going to be that you actually remain grateful at the end of your life, was your heart more in love with God at the end of it than when you started? Really? Like, what if that was our measuring stick of success? What if it was not like the more followers I get, the more speaking engagements, the more places I go? That, like, that to us defines our American Christianity so much. Like, like the growth of meetings. Like, come on, let's be honest. We're all guilty of it, right? We've all, we all do the pictures of the big meetings, and when they're small, we don't take any or you take it from the side angle, right? Manny knows how to get those shots really well. We've all done it. We've all done it. We've all been there. Because there's something that satisfies ourselves to feel like, ah, oh, I'm really successful. What if success was, at the end of my life, my heart is more grateful? Like, I love God more. Like, I love Him more. I don't know about you, but I'm, I don't want to do altar calls and welcoming new believers to the faith that I don't even burn for. I don't want to sit there and look into the eyes of young people as they're accepting Christ, telling them a lie that I don't even believe. It's okay, it's just water. <laughs> like the longevity, thank you, the longevity of our, of our relationship with God, that's what we're going after. And we lower our standard to just say, well, I, I made it through. I meet a lot of bitter Christians that have been Christians for 40 years. I'm just like, how are you more bitter with the more word you've had? Like, you should be the most joyful person. Like, I feel like I've gotten, you guys, my wife, I feel like I've gotten better over the last five years. I feel like I have. Right? (laughs) I've made a thousand mistakes. I'm the last dude to get up here and tell anyone anything. 
But you know what? Man, those mistakes have led me back to the feet. You know, like it's crazy. Like the cross is never something you're to run away from. It's something you're to run to. You're not to run f- like, man, I screwed up God. You must know. Like those are the moments you come to him. The Bible says where there's much been, when there's much forgiven, there's much love. You ever meet someone who's so loving? It's because that person understands how much he's been forgiven. And ones that don't love, it's because they don't get it. They really think they were good without Christ. And Jesus just made them better. He didn't make you better. He made you alive. Difference. Difference. Living grateful will never leave you with a crushed spirit where you're just showing up to the same thing every day. And I want to just close with this. Gratitude allowed Peter to sign up again because his gratefulness outweighed his failures. Imagine Peter, man, like, (laughs) the guy's jacked, denies Christ. He cusses. He swears. That's what the Bible says. He he calls down, like, swear. I don't know what he was saying. (laughs) Maybe you have an interpretation and the Lord spoke to you in your private time. Like, what did he say? I don't know. He's calling down curses and like, I don't know him. He's following close enough to Jesus to be associated, but not close enough to be really affiliated. Like he, he's just like, he's pretty jacked. And then the most, the most awkwardest thing is how many of you ever had like, how many of you ever had ought with someone or there's been an awkward situation that happened and then they, they show up, but you can't escape. <laughs> You're already there. You're like, Hey, it's all good to see you. That's Peter on the beach. Like, Jesus and him meet up. It's awkward. And he signs up again. He's like, do you love me? Yeah, do you love me? Yeah, do you love me? He signs up again. His gratitude. I love Peter's response when he looks at his disciples. John 6, 6, 6, all the disciples bounce. Everyone's going. And he looks at his 12 and he's like, are y'all going to leave me too? And I love Peter's response. He's like, where are we going to go? You've ruined me, man. Like literally, where am I to go? You're the only ones with eternal life. When's the last time that's been your response? I encourage you to get yourself around a company of people that you commit to run with, regardless of the things that come. Because you know what? I love what Andy Bird says. He says, I don't want to run with perfect strangers. I don't. Because guess what? When you run with people long enough, you realize they're people. They got issues like everyone else. But you know, the be- you know the beautiful thing? We were hanging out at my house the other day. It was Alan Rose's, Caleb. I think Annalise came over. And I was looking around the room, and I'm just like, wow. It's crazy. Everyone's getting older. Caleb's hair's colored now. <laughs> Alan Rosas is married. Yeah. Annalise is married. We're sitting there all in a, in a circle, and I'm, I'm sitting there. I didn't say anything to no one because it might have been weird. But I was like, wow, we've really been through some stuff. We've had ups. We've had downs. But I'm grateful for every person in this room. And I feel like that brings the Lord so much joy. Come on. Some of y'all need to learn how to worship from that kid. Gratitude kept Paul's heart well, no matter what he went through. Gratitude kept Stephen and Acts Although the stones were flying, his gaze was one way. Like y'all think you've been persecuted. We haven't been persecuted. 
Instagram doesn't count. Well, they said something. That's not persecution. You just probably posted something dumb. <laughs> like, how many of you know there is self brought on persecution, right? People just love it. They just love to post dumb stuff just to get attention. I used to have an uncle. He used to wear a bandaid on his forehead, and he had no cut. And you'd say, why do you have that bandaid? He's like, I just like attention. I don't know. I just wanted to share that. <laughs> Gratitude keeps Stefan's gaze looking up when he's getting stoned. Last night, I was with Zoe. I got to spend a little bit of time with my girls. And, and so Zoe wanted to hang out with me. And so we went and had, we did like tea time in the room. And for some reason, she likes when I'm this, like, this rude. She likes when I'm like this rude uh, customer that's like, make me more tea. Like, she just likes that. She goes, Daddy, tell me to make you more tea. Like, throw the cup. I'm like, make me more tea. She just likes that. Like, I don't know why. And yesterday, I, I, I stopped and I grabbed their hands. And I just, I said, hey, honey. I said, I love you so much. I started crying. And Zoe, if you don't know Zoe, she's literally... I feel like she's on the verge of Disney Channel actor. Like, she goes, <laughs> she goes, <laughs> I love you, Dad. She's like, and so I said, I said to her, what do you love about me? I said, can you tell, Daddy? Because I just want to hear it. She goes, Daddy, you're the best daddy in the world. She goes, even when you discipline me. She goes, she goes, I know your love doesn't change. And I'm like, keep going. <laughs> you know what my daughter was expressing to me? Her gratitude. Yeah. And then I brought Everlise in the other room. Different story. <laughs> but Everlise, I don't ask her to tell me, I have to tell her. So I lay her down. I do this thing with my daughters where I go from the top of their head. I go, I love your hair. It's so beautiful. I love your eyebrows. I love your eyes. I love this chin. I just go through it. I love your arms. I love your tummy. I love your feet. I love your knees. And, and then I'm like, our daddy's turn. And she goes, knees, <laughs> tummy, <laughs> titi. <laughs> like, she did. <laughs> I'm like, shut up. I don't have those yet. Like, You know what it was? It was gratitude. Yes. When's the last time we've just done that with God? When's the last time? When's the last time you didn't ask him for nothing? When's the last time your gratitude overflowed to the people around you? When's the last time you just, when's the last time you went up to your pastor and just said, hey, thank you for all that you do. Thank you. Like you, you pastor a church. Everyone pulls you a thousand directions. They don't pay you enough. Like, we get it, man. Like, thank you. When's the last time you went to people you live? When's the last time you went to your spouse and just said, hey, I want to just thank you? When's the last time you just found the person that no one appreciates? The one that just kind of sits in the back, and, but without them, you know something be missing. You know, as we're here today, gathered with our team and people that are... <laughs> that was from my baby. We did our baby reveal. That was like a month ago. <laughs> Someone, that building hasn't been cleaned, I don't think. <laughs> when's the last time our hearts have overflowed with gratitude you know I remember when Chris McCord moved here he's waiting for the story and I remember uh, when we were going to get him his car 
And I'm like, I'm like, bro, I can help get you a car. I said, I can help get anyone a car. <laughs> like, let's come talk. We, we sat down for hours in my house. You know, I'm like, well, you don't really have any income, but we're going to make it work. And we figured it out. We went to the dealership. And I remember when, when, he, when he drove off, he was just, I remember, like, he came to our house. He, he, I think you were even crying in your car because they had Apple CarPlay. <laughs> and I remember him just, he's like, it's all, it, was, it wasn't like it was like a Porsche. He was like, he had a Hyundai. Hyundai. It's just a Hyundai. And he's just like, man, I can't believe I got this car. Uh, so much gratitude. So much. And he's just like, I, like, I'm indebted. I'm like, bro, you're not indebted for a car. Like, it's okay. Like, but there was just so much gratefulness in his heart for something so simple. When I wanted to challenge you this week, those of you who've been going to schools for years, I want to challenge you that your heart would never be ungrateful for what you're seeing. If you're seeing gymnasiums filled or rooms being filled, that you would remain grateful. You know, my biggest regret out of 10 years of reaching high schools, I have one regret, and it was that I never appreciated what God was doing in the moment. I always waited for the next big moment. And then when those moments are past or those schools I'm no longer in, I'll never get those moments again. I remember schools like Roosevelt where I was just a sovereign move of God and I was never satisfied. I was never grateful because I just, more, 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 more. And I just wish I would have just sat there and enjoyed it. As I'm getting older now, I'm learning to enjoy moments with, with Marcella and, and with the girls. And I'm realizing that they're never going to be two again. So he's never going to be four again. Right? There's these moments you're never going to get back. Right now, Zoe thinks I'm the coolest. She may not think that five years from now. <laughs> I do the same magic trick that she can't figure out where I put a, a salt thing under a napkin and I drop it under the table and she's still amazed. She's like, how do you do that? I'm just like, I just can't tell you. <laughs> Man, my challenge to you this morning is that you would live grateful but that you wouldn't just hear a word this morning and be like, oh, good word. Like that you would actually go and put that into action. That you'd actually go and do something to show someone gratitude. That you'd actually go and, I mean, when's the last time you just sat and thanked the Lord for everything he's done instead of complaining about everything you think he needs to do? You realize that Jesus is not obligated to do anything more than what he already did. You know that, right? He's not obligated to do anything more than what he already did on that. Was the cross not enough for you? Really? Was it not? Or was it like, yeah, the cross is dope, but I like also, you know, a couple hundred G's. And Was the cross not enough? Was it not? Was it not enough that he gave his life? That he suffered and he died so that you could, like, truly live with him forever? That you could live victorious on the earth? It's an injustice for us to be Christians and still bound to what used to bind us before we were Christians. Rick Joyner is this author, and he, he, he wrote a book, and he talked about the Lord gave him a vision, and he's seen, he seen like the army of God. And he said in the army of God was all of these, these Christians that had their armor. You guys ever read Ephesians 6? Yeah. The armor, you know? They had, they had their armor, their sword, and he said, but no one knew how to use it. They walked powerless. I don't want us to walk powerless. Can I pray for you this morning? Can we stand? I want to pray this morning that our hearts would be filled with gratitude and that gratitude will overflow. Not just in holiday seasons. Not just on Thanksgiving 
not just on Christmas, but it would, it would overflow everywhere we go. So can we, can we, it's okay. can we just pray this morning and then we're going to dismiss you? Can we do that? Can we do that? I know we've got a little bit of a time restraint. We have something coming up at 1130 here, but I want to pray for you. And then I want to ask you to just pray for one another, but like really pray for one another. Not just like, Lord, bless them. Amen. Like, ask them their name. See who they are. See what you could pray for them. See what you could agree with them on. But I'm going to pray for you this morning. Jesus, I thank you so much for every person in this, in this room. And Jesus, I pray that hearts of gratitude would erupt out of this place. Jesus, I pray that our Monday mornings, God, we would be known as one of the most grateful communities on the face of the earth. Come on, if you just agree with that, just agree with that. Like, Lord, I pray that people that come here would be the most grateful people for what you've done, that it would show in our, in our love for you. It would show in our pursuit for you. It'll show in our giving. It's going to show in our worship. God, that every aspect of our lives would be so well-rounded with gratefulness. Lord, I just bless every person in this room that has been going to campuses, Lord, and giving their lives as students, Lord. I just pray that they would remain grateful in years to come, that they wouldn't see just reaching young people as a seasonal thing. I pray that there would be a deep commitment in their hearts to a generation coming back to Jesus, to their nation and the youth of their nation. Man, just getting radically encountered by you. And Lord, I thank you for all that you're doing here, Lord. And I just pray that you would continue to move powerfully in our lives. In Jesus' name. Why don't you just find someone next to you, maybe 30 seconds, a minute, two minutes. Just pray for them. Bless them. Then we're going to turn it over.